Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Today. Ten in a row for the Grizz. A day late, but now the Giants are also a head coach short. Plus, what head coaching opening is the best? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and the biggest debates in sports. You're locked on today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. The Memphis Grizzlies have won 10 in a row, and they get number 10, dismantling the Golden State Warriors 116-108. John Moran pours in 29 points, and Memphis gets their 10th dub in a row, coincidentally. Joining me now from Locked on Grizzlies, it's Sean Coleman. And Sean, this is a team that opened the season as a nice story. You get a streak like this and a win like this. Have they passed that 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 line of nice story into bona fide contender? I I don't want to say bona fide contender. If you want to call them that, that's fine. I feel that they are a team that truly feels night in and night out that they can beat anyone. And Peter, let's break it down a little bit. They're a team right now that truly is beating everyone. I mean, where are you going to beat them? You've got 25-plus almost guaranteed from jaw each night. You've got another starter pouring in 20-plus, so you've got 45 to 50 points for your starters. They are now one of the only, like, one of only five teams with a net rating, a positive net rating in all four quarters. Six out of seven, the last seven games, though, off their bench. Tyus Jones and Brandon Clark have scored 25-plus points. I don't know where teams right now figure they're going to beat the Grizzlies, but with where we're playing, just every single facet of the game is there. So I don't necessarily want to call them a true title contender, but more is trending towards that direction that they are, even if I may not think that that they will be. But I think they're certainly going to give a team in the Western Conference, uh, in the second round of the Western Conference Finals at the very least, the Western Conference playoffs at the very least, a very tough matchup. Well, and, and I was just going through the schedule In this streak, they beat the Lakers twice, they beat the Suns, they beat the Nets, they beat the Warriors, they beat the Cavaliers. It's not like they are just getting fat on these bad teams. They are going toe-to-toe with these teams, and it seems to me that this is an attitude-reflects-leadership situation. John Morant is not afraid of anyone. He thinks every night when he steps on the floor, he is the best player on the court. And the Grizzlies seem to have taken up that attitude they play hard. I, I mean, I, I, I would not, I'm not going to use my hard-earned dollars to bet against them. I love watching them play, but John Morant seems to be leading the way on this. Absolutely, and and, and there's the reason why is because he he truly is fearless. Like you know, he if you t- talk to him in the post game press conferences, he fears nobody. He fear he, the only thing that he fears is God. You know that DeAndre Hopkins famous video, "I Fear God." That's exactly the mentality that John Morant has, and the team takes it on. But again, Peter, it goes back to how many different ways they're winning. They're going to be able to turn defense into offense. They're going to get those extra possessions off offensive rebounds. Desmond Bain and John Morant can play as the best backcourt in the league if they have to. But even one of the one of them's not on, somebody else will step up. The resourcefulness of this team is as deep as any in the league with as much confidence as anybody in the league. And that's led by John Morant, who slowly but surely is getting back into that MVP discussion. 
Well, we we will see. They have a tough stretch coming up here. They've got the Mavs, the Bulls, the Bucks, the Nuggets, uh, the Mavs again, and and the Jazz here in in rapid succession. So we may learn a lot more about the Grizzlies here. But but to this point, they they look they look as dangerous as any team that I have seen in the NBA this season. Absolutely, and and even though we are just pat, uh, uh, we're now just past the halfway mark. You mentioned it right there. Um, I know that your beloved Bucks will, will get a chance to you know have their reckoning here soon. All joking aside, but you know the two games against the Mavs, the game against the Jazz. Again, the Grizzlies right now fourth in the West, but they are creeping up where they're right in line with the Jazz right now. They have plenty of opportunity not only to submit themselves as top four in the West, but potentially top three over the next two weeks. And how can you doubt them right now? There's not much reason to not believe in the Memphis Grizzlies right now, and it's so much fun to watch. Thanks for making Locked On Today your first listen of the day. Coming up a day late, but now the Giants are also a head coach short. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. Both number one Baylor and number five USC, the remaining undefeated Division I men's basketball teams, suffered losses on Tuesday. Baylor's 21-game winning streak, which started last season, snapped 65-62 to number 19 Texas Tech in Waco, Texas. Stanford won 75-69 against USC in a nearly empty arena due to COVID-19 protocols. The Cardinal have been paused for nearly three weeks, but returned for their first game since December 23rd to be the top five squad. Pretty late Christmas present, but I'm sure they'll take it. Alabama had seven players enter the NCAA transfer portal a day after the team's loss in the college football playoff national championship. The group of Alabama players appeared in the portal late Tuesday afternoon, including reserve tight end Jaleel Billingsley, linebacker Drew Sanders, reserve quarterback Paul Tyson, the great-grandson of former Alabama coach Paul Bear Bryant, also entered the portal, as did offensive lineman Tommy Brown, who started one game this season. And you lose one game, and all of a sudden these Alabama players, they're out. I'm kidding, but they probably all did expect to win. After a rare loss for the Bulls to the Mavericks this week, Chicago couldn't be kept down for long. Now that's how you bounce back. What's up, Bulls Nation? Matt Peck here from Locked On Bulls with your post-game takeaway. Well, in this long and storied Bulls-Pistons rivalry, never had the Bulls beaten the Pistons by as many points as they did tonight. 46-point margin of victory, 133-87 was the final. And it looked like the Bulls were a little sloppy coming out of the gate, just a one-point lead after the first 12 minutes. But credit to both Io DeSumo and Troy Brown Jr. for sparking the Bulls' focus and intensity on the defensive end when they subbed in. The Bulls really refocused defensively and for the third time this season held these Pistons below a 90-point total. Meanwhile, Zach Levine had a quiet night and it didn't matter because the Bulls had balanced scoring everywhere. DeMar with 20. Vooch bounced back from a bad game against Dallas and a bad first half to outscore the Pistons by himself in the third quarter, 16 to 14 on his way to 22 points. The Bulls also getting massive contributions across the bench. Io and Kobe White both in double figures, two of four Bulls bench players in double figures on the night. The Bulls had 33 assists as a team tonight. That's their ninth time this season, hitting that 30 or more assist mark, and they are 9-0 in such games. 
The other bonus tonight is that the Bulls got to rest pretty much all of their starters for the entire fourth quarter as this one was over after three as they now look ahead to the Brooklyn Nets coming to Chicago for the second half of a back-to-back Wednesday night. Both James Harden and Kyrie Irving listed as questionable for that one as of right now. The Bulls 2-0 against the Nets so far this season. A Denver judge ruled Tuesday the heirs of former Broncos owner Edgar Kaiser Jr. cannot buy back any portion of the franchise as part of the right of first refusal agreement, clearing the way for a potential sale of the team. Broncos CEO Joe Ellis, one of three trustees overseeing the operations of the team, has said if the late Pat Boland's children cannot agree on a majority owner, the team would likely be sold. That agreement between the siblings is not expected. A lawsuit between them was poised to go to trial before it was dismissed last July, and the team is expected to formally go up for sale in the coming months. They did want Aaron Rodgers last offseason, but he already owns the Bears, so I think there's NFL rules against that one. That's what happened last night. Here's what to look for coming up on betonline.ag, your number one spot for all your football action this season. Wild card lines are out for Bet Online. The Philadelphia Eagles head to Tampa Bay. They will go there as eight-and-a-half-point underdogs against the Buccaneers. The 49ers, they head to Dallas as three-point underdogs, according to betonline.ag. And the Arizona Cardinals go to L.A., where the Super Bowl will be held. To get there, they'll have to beat the Rams, who are four-point favorites, according to Bet Online, For all your gambling needs, BetOnline.ag has you covered. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use the promo code locked on to get that bonus. Here is another story you need to know. If quarterback sneaks on third and long are your kind of head coach, then the New York Giants might have the right head coach for you, but it turns out not the right head coach for the New York football Giants. Joining me now from Locked on Giants, Patricia Trena and Patricia, Joe Judge is out in New York after mulling it over the Mars made that decision my only question to you or at least my first question to you is why would they have any hesitation about the future of Joe Judge well I think initially what they wanted is to make this work with Joe Judge he was in year two of his contract just finished it up he has a five-year deal in the past they have fired two head coaches Pat Shermer and before him Ben McAdoo after two years They really wanted to make this work. And in order for it to work, things had to change. There had to be certain um, things agreed to. And I'm not so sure that everybody was on the same page agreeing to these certain things, you know, things like changing the coaching staff, uh, who was going to, how much of a say judge would have had in, you know, the general manager, the next GM, Mm. Um, just little things like that. And, and, you know, I sit here and I wonder if perhaps, um, the last two weeks in particular have just been absolutely embarrassing for the Giants. I mean, you watch them and sometimes they didn't even look like they were competing, despite the fact that Judge was insisting that they compete, despite the fact that he was say, talking about the culture. I mean, probably one of the most overused terms in all sports. And it just wasn't there. And the Giants evolved into a laughing stock. And I think when it was all said and done, John Mara, Steve Tisch, the, the two owners of the Giants just said, you know what? This isn't going to work. We're going to have to start from scratch and we're going to have to just do this all over again and press the reset button, which they should have done, by the way, in 2015 after Tom Coughlin left. 
So now they're pressing that reset button along with a handful of other teams. They also need a GM after Dave Gettleman retired. That is the story that they are going with. So on the list of teams, on the list of available offerings, how desirable do you think this New York job is? Are they going to find a head coach who wants to say in GM? Is it going to be, we want to go GM and, and the head coach? Like, what do, you, what do you foresee here in terms of their ability to go out and get the kind of people that they are going to prefer? Well, it's interesting because the only GM known to have had full autonomy was George Young back in 1979. He was given final say on football matters, including the coaching staff. Since then, that has not been the case. The GM has had a heavy say in certain things, but ownership has had the final say on head coaching and all that good stuff. So in terms of this being a, a desirable job, the giant salary cap is a mess. I mean, I started doing some work on that, and five players account for nearly 50% of their cap in 2022, which, just, which is just wild if you think about it. That said, you know, you have a good draft class to work with. You have, you know, two picks in the top seven. Uh, I think five of their, their nine picks are in the top 100, if I'm not mistaken. So that could be appealing. They've reached out to people who are really good at personnel evaluation, which is something they haven't had. And I made this point on my show. You look at the 2018 draft class, and they basically have three guys remaining from that 2018 draft class, Saquon Barkley, Will Hernandez, Lorenzo Carter. They may lose two of those guys, leaving them with nobody drafted from that class. And that's not how you build a winning franchise. You have to get guys to their second contracts and they just haven't been able to do that. So we'll see if this new person coming in, whoever the he or she might be can reverse that trend. Coming up, what head coaching opening is the best. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It's the new year. So that means new year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, or just finding a new thing that's delicious, Built Bar should be in your plan. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, and it makes it easier to stick to those resolutions because it tastes good. I find this all the time. I crave sweets. I'm one of those people that craves sweets. So being able to grab something that is sweet and delicious, tasty, and that I can also feel good about fueling my body with because it's high in protein, high in fiber, low in net carbs, low in sugar, that's the ideal for me, even if I'm not doing it for a workout that day. Although I do often have, they have built bites now, perfect pre-workout, just a couple bites, get something in your stomach to, to, to give you the energy to get through that workout. So many ways that Built Bar can help you reach your goals in 2022. Let them do it. And right now, because you're a Locked On Packers listener, you can go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. How about that? Promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Agree or disagree? This is the Q of the Day. We talked about the Giants already, but what is and isn't appealing about the Vikings, Bears, and Jaguars? Locked On's Matt Williamson of Peacock and Williamson joined Kanani Stevens to discuss. Minnesota, that's a unique situation. Their ownership is a little more hands-off, so if you did take that job, you might be able to do a little bit more of what you mm -hmm. wanted to do. Obviously, they have some good pieces there as well. Kirk Cousins might be the question mark of whether or not you want to work with him. 
What do you see about the layout there if you take that job? Is that a good spot to land in? Yeah, I have mixed feelings about it because on on our podcast, I've been calling them mediocre Minnesota all year because they're sort of the definition of a league average team over the past couple seasons, which in this league isn't where you want to be. I mean, you get stuck in that seven, eight, nine win situation without a high ceiling, without a low floor. And they've had a lot of draft picks over the last couple of years, but still don't have a great young core. And Cousins, who's a good player, a starting type quarterback, is also in that mediocre level. So I, I think this one could go two ways. Are we going to try to build what's here or are we going to try to blow it up? And that would mean a new quarterback and going all in on somebody else. So the, the thing I do like about that division is, is uh, depending on Aaron Rodgers situation, but Rodgers won't be in Green Bay long, at least, even if he does stick around, is there's not another dominant team besides Green Bay that is super scary right now. And there's another opening in that division. I mean, the Bears are there as well. Yeah. There is an opportunity if Rodgers is gone that that division opens wide open. Anybody could take it. So as far as the Bears go, they got rid of their GM as well. So that would probably be something where they might bring a GM first and then a coach. What do you see there? Um, obviously, their quarterback situation is appealing to kind of come in with a young guy. But is that mm -hmm. a, a job that maybe like an offensive guru might want to go to? Yeah, I'm a huge Justin Fields fan, and I thought he passed every test this year and got better on every viewing. By far, that's their number one asset, is to work with him. However, the rest of the cupboard is really bare there, and they don't have a first-round pick this season, so it's not going to be an over overnight fix. I mean, it's the same division, so that comes into play. It's a strong organization, though, too. I mean, great fan base, good ownership, all those things. So that's promising. But it's just going to take a little while to build that roster the way you like it. One quick Vikings note I meant to say, too, is I checked the available cap space these teams have before we went on the air here, and most of them have quite a bit to spend. Minnesota is at the bottom of the league. They have very, very little to spend. So I just want to throw that out there for the Vikings, too. That might be a little tough. Have to trade yeah. Try to figure that out. Um, quarterback is huge. Obviously, Justin Fields mm -hmm. is, is, has a lot of talent there. Trevor Lawrence has a ton of talent. Um, maybe the best of the available teams right now with, in terms of quarterback situation. But there's a lot of other problems in Jacksonville. So oh, yeah. at that, job, <laughs> at that job takes on a lot, but it is appealing as well. So what kind of coach do they need there? Yeah, Jacksonville's tough. I mean, I probably would make them my first choice. But I'm kind of talking out both ends of my mouth here when I said the most important thing is ownership and culture and getting used to winning. I mean, this is one of the losingest organizations in the last decade and especially in the last five years. They don't know how to win there. You would have to instill that. But they have a couple things really going for them. Draft capital. They have the third most cap space in the league. Their division, to me, is very winnable in the near future. I mean, there's not dominant quarterbacks all through the division or dominant franchises right now. And you mentioned Lawrence. I mean, to me, of all the assets that these five teams provide, Lawrence is the number one asset of you know to work with. I still think he's a total superstar. And finally, Novak Djokovic has moved to clarify how mistakes were made on the immigration document he submitted on his arrival in Melbourne last week. 
before his visa was revoked and then reinstated in a COVID-19 vaccination saga that has overshadowed the days leading up to the Australian Open. Reports emerged that he'd been attending events in his native Serbia last month while infectious, and he'd made errors on his immigration form to enter Australia that could potentially result in the cancellation of his visa. In a statement posted on Instagram, Djokovic described the speculation as hurtful and said he wanted to address continuing misinformation in the interest of alleviating broader concerns in the community about my presence in Australia. Djokovic said he'd taken rapid tests that were negative in the days before he returned a positive test he undertook out of abundance of caution because he was asymptomatic. This is one of those stories that everyone would like to be over, including and especially Novak Djokovic. And man, it will just not stop. Coming up Thursday, what underdogs have the best chance on wildcard weekend? So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today. Today.